two, one, roll the footage. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Simon Severino, your host. And today, my guest shared the world stage with legends such as Tony Robbins, Jay Abraham, Brian Tracy, Keith Ferrazzi. He's a speaker at a thousand plus international events. He, he meets there the global leaders of the planet, and he's an expert on masterminding, connecting, networking, and we will learn so much about all those things in this session. I cannot tell you how much. He empowers conscious entrepreneurs, global leaders, organizations on how to organically scale their businesses. And we will cover effective networking and connecting, masterminding methodologies, and how to organically scale our businesses. Welcome, everybody. Gil Peterson. Thank you so much. Happy to be with you. Gil, what, where are you today? Oh, I'm in Bali in, in our home today. I'm actually working out of a home, so I'm hoping that one of the three kids is not going to suddenly run into the show. But if they do, hope you don't mind them. Um, yeah, living in Bali for the last three years, and it's an amazing place, uh, you know, that we happened to be in during vacation when COVID hit, and it became the best home we can ever wish for. And so you have three kids and you live your dream life from your dream place. You meet the most exciting people and you get to walk uh, with, with Justin Trudeau and Xi Jinping in some occasions. How do you do that? Um, it, at this stage, it became a choice. It, it really became a choice of networking manifestations, networking goals, networking priorities, uh, things that I teach people that is... Uh, it's magical, but it's beyond something that most people don't even imagine. It's unfortunately not a subject that we learn in school. We've never been taught how to manage relationships and what is networking. And, you know, what we have had is really bad networking event experiences in our lives. And what I've learned is that through my entrepreneurial journey of 20 plus successful failures in businesses, there are some things that I've been taught and programmed to think is right or wrong that I basically had to break through. You know, Bali being one of the most sought after vacation place for most people in the world, I basically, when COVID right away hit, I was living in between Moscow and Singapore, we had two homes, and I looked at my wife and I said, well, if everyone wants to come on vacation here, why can we not live here? Why, why do we need to see it as a vacation? And hey, Everything that we do right now in serving the world and, and hosting amazing events with some of the most incredible teachers in the world, you know, even speaking about Keith Ferrazzi, who is one of my, my dearest, like, you know, role models and a big mentor of mine, he was in my house last month because he wanted to come to Bali for his first time. And of course, he reached out to me to ask for some advice. And on the night he landed here, he ended up coming to my house for dinner. And for me, that was like a massive, massive, you know, honor to have such a big mentor of mine show up. And I basically believe everything we've been taught in school and society, a lot of it has been wrong and not wrong maybe for everyone, but it's been wrong for me and for my family. And I've wanted to find ways of rewriting it all. And I've learned that the way we manage relationships, the way we authentically connect, the way we follow up with people, not just because we want to, but 
it's okay to have a strategy of managing your network. It's not, doesn't mean that I'm going to use people. It just means that, hey, I have 24 hours in a day. Who should I allocate that time with that I know I can help? I know we can co-elevate together. I know somehow I could be of service to them. And I know by them being in my network, I will constantly grow as well. And that's where we ended up today, living in an amazing place like this, doing what we love. 20 plus successful failures. Can you share one that taught you a big lesson? Um, phew, picking one is never easy. I can always pick the last. It's the picking one is not fair because, you know, the juice bar and restaurant were really, really fun and why I did them and what I learned from them. The mobile app and two software companies were amazing understanding what to do and what not to do and why I would never want to do that again, but only go in partnership with people who love to do that. But the last business, you know, is the easiest one to always look at as successful failure because why is it a failure? Because I didn't have, um, you know, systems in place to ensure that if something like COVID happens, everything will be okay. <laughs> That's why it was a failure because it was a business that was all connected to events, global events. It was a business that was connected to educational tourism, taking thousands of people every single year um, away from their home for one week at a time to the most amazing events in the world. Personal development events, business events, Tony Robbins, Eckhart Tolle, Jay Abraham, the most incredible people, teachers in the world. And I wasn't ready for COVID. And when COVID hit, everything stopped. And when you're in the event space and you plan into the future and you sell thousands of tickets into the future events and suddenly COVID hit and thousands of people want money back. And you're like, hey, I've already paid for the venue. I've already paid for the planes. I've already paid for your tickets. I don't have that money. Like, sorry, I'm not sitting on all this money. The massive lessons that came from this business were really what made our lives today better. Because I could have sat there when COVID hit and I could have just cried night after night. It was very, I had all the reasons in the world with having 80 people in my team. And, you know, I wasn't able to fire all of them just because I'm a good person, just because I couldn't just, just because the business is suffering doesn't, it's not fair to throw them all out on the streets. So we ended up using all of our life savings to pay people for almost a year of salaries when the business was doing zero. Um, you know, I, I've had to put myself in a position where I don't blame myself for that situation. But I was like, hey, I'm not blaming the world. I'm not going to blame COVID. Maybe I could switch around and see it as a gift. And then I started, this is something that one of my spiritual teachers said to me. Can you see this situation as a gift? And I never looked at it that way. Yeah, the reason I, look, I call them successful failures because out of every single business that has gone well or bad, even the ones that I've sold, I've sold some amazing businesses and had great exits. But if I would have waited six months and did some things differently, I would have made twice as much money. So even a success could also be seen as something you could fail in it. But from the last business, when I started looking at it as the gift, I started understanding that, wow, suddenly I have the gift of time. I have a lot of time to choose what I want to do in life now. I have a gift of freedom. I don't have to fly around the world right now from event to event and be responsible for all these people and organize all the events. Suddenly, it's a gift of just allowing me space and time to make some decisions. I got into breath work. I got into a lot of different martial arts and ways of bringing my body. And I got into biohacking to bring my body to another level. 
having young kids two, four, now they are two, four, and six. So when we came to Bali three years ago, we only had two kids. Um, and the fact that the two, four, six now gave me a lot of time through COVID to spend more time with them. And clearly it gave my wife and I time to make a third baby. And it gave me time to, to get into a hobby that I never knew I had, but I was always curious in, which is understanding permaculture and edible gardens. Mm. It gave me time. I'm not a gardener. Hey, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not a gardener. I have a couple of gardeners that make my garden bloom, but I understand cucumbers like to be next to papayas. I understand what should and should not be next to, next to bamboos. I understand what it means to have 30 different species of edible herbs that can give my, my family superhuman powers. And when I'm talking about superhumans, I'm talking about something as simple as ginseng and guta cola or you know, something as moringa that you can just put into a salad or a soup. But it's the top five greens that are sold in Whole Foods. And I don't have to bite them in a pill. I can just put them in a soup. And if I didn't have this time, I wouldn't have all this great power today. If I wouldn't have that, all the stuff that COVID took away from me, suddenly gave me time to rethink my purpose, my mission, my priorities. And what I simply did during the beginning of COVID, the first few months, instead of stressing how to manage the bad situation I was in, I allocated a lot of time to adjust who I was speaking to during COVID, the beginning of COVID. I'm talking the first three to six months, everybody should ask themselves, who was I speaking to? And was I speaking to people who were just complaining and blaming the government and blaming their bosses and blaming everyone? I personally chose to speak to people who see positive in this opportunity, who see, a, a, they see the light at the end of the tunnel. They see the situation that could be flipped around. And I started speaking as much as I can to those kind of people. Because, hey, I didn't want to be a part of the 95% that went down, down, down and bankrupt the company and got, got into health issues. I wanted to kind of keep my neck up. I wanted to get into philanthropy. I wanted to help people here in Bali in my neighborhoods. We were feeding thousands of people every single week. It, and when we had the least amount of money, we were able to become the greatest philanthropists so far in our own lives. And that was such a beautiful gift that COVID gave me. So that's why I see it as a successful failure. Is there a pattern uh, between permaculture and networking? One might be that you think about who co-elevates who, like which plant co-elevates each plant. And then the second is that you let it do, you let nature do the work, you let it do the work and you just hold the space for it. Is this how you network? So first of all, congratulations um, for asking that question um, because um, it's only in the past year that I have been in, not on big stages, speaking about this subject. Uh, I've been speaking about this subject to a very selected few people, only a couple of podcasts. I brought it up. Uh, so thank you for bringing it up. It, 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 it's one of the deepest subjects to my heart right now. And it's something I think that everyone who's listening should pay serious attention to. Uh, there is a huge connection between human networking and plant networking, which is something, one of the reasons that drove me to study plants, because there's a lot of beauty in the way 
plants network underground. And it's not something we tend to see. It's not something we tend to even understand. We take it for granted. We, we pick berries, or we pick vegetables. Uh, we just go to the supermarket and buy things, not understanding the level of effort and complexities that orange or that papaya or that cucumber went through to get to you. The amount of networking it had to do with other others of its kind. The cucumbers need to network with other cucumbers to agree on energy management, on water management, who gets how much. It's not for if one cucumber becomes a giant, he takes all the water and energy and the other ones don't. Now, in normal farming, which is what most people know about, you have all the cucumbers together, all tomatoes together, and that's kind of, that's why it's not so organic in most cases, and that's what people know because that's what they buy in the supermarket. Permaculture and food forests is something I've studied more because realistically, networking becomes most interesting when it's cross-cultural or cross-industry. So if you have accountants, all accountants that are all, you know, um, I don't know, like all here, I live in Bali, so all, Indon all Indonesian accountants sitting in a room together, they're all living from the same city and they all meet together, that level of networking will never spike up or down. It's never going to have someone who's going to stand up and like, that's it. I'm stepping out of here. I'm taking things to the next level. Let me bring you guys to the next level. Let me help inspire all of you guys because that network is so similar, which is why when you tend to grow a lot of tomatoes together, most tomatoes are very much the same. They're all the same size, the same shape. They're all very similar. When you get into permaculture and food forest, which is normal networking, you know, you network in any big city in the world today, you get networking of different people from different cultures and different colors and different races, and that's cool. That's normal, and that excites me because when you plant the right sort of plants together and you allow them time to grow, what first of all happens, except for the sun and the water, what they start by to do, they start to have roots underground that start to connect with each other. So they're networking without us seeing. So us as humans, we're oblivious to what is going on underground. We take it for granted of how much effort it takes to push the root underground to hold themselves so suddenly they feel grounded. Hey, I got, I got my buddies here. I got different people around me who are holding me. Now I have strength to come out of the ground and shine. Now I have strength to be more confident. I have strength to, to bloom or to have fruits. And that is so beautiful because that is how humans really are. Mm. And that is what we need. I think we need a diversity of network around us. We shouldn't just be networking with our friends. We should be networking with new people sometimes. We shouldn't just be networking with the same friends we've had for 20 years. That is not healthy, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, they were your great friends 20 years ago. The way science works, if you were friends with them 10 years ago, there's very, very small chances that you should be close to them today. And it's not Gil Petersil being mean and saying stop being friends with people. No, I'm just saying that scientifically proven, people kind of go in different paths. And if you're not going in a different path, question the situation. Sometimes it means that your network might be holding you back from taking your own root and shining and blooming like a beautiful flower. Nature does it. 
I've been studying it thoroughly and I'm still studying it thoroughly as humans being surrounded by new people from new cultures and new industries, especially in a format of a mastermind event or even a mastermind dinner creates harmony. It actually creates a collective genius where greatness comes out always, which is why some of the biggest leaders in the world came out of public schools. Some of the greatest leaders in the world came out of mixed cultural communities in the world. And it's something that we should explore, embrace, and understand that, hey, it's not going to be comfortable because that cucumber is definitely not comfortable next to that papaya. Papaya is sucking <laughs> all the energy and all the sun and all the water. But what that cucumber didn't know, papaya likes to share. So the fact that the cucumber is also connected to papaya underground, papaya will share energy, papaya will share the water as well. And that's something we need to do in our network. We must be able to constantly cross-pollinate within networks and find out, hey, who's willing to share with me? Who wants to grow with me? Who wants to dance in this crazy world we live in? Do we need to break up with our friends, everybody? Or can we join Mastermind Group or even start Mastermind Group? This is what I want to ask Gil after one word from our sponsors. What if your business would run well even when you are on vacation? Discover how 1,600 business owners have regained their freedom using the Strategies Prints blueprints. How they enjoy living their dream and watching their business scale. Get the exact checklists they use to go from stressed to fulfilled using the Strategies Prints method. Order your copy of Strategies Prints 12 Ways to Accelerate Growth for an Agile Business on Amazon today. And if you love it, leave us a review. For more information, head over to strategiesprints.com. Man, you dropped so many interesting pieces there. One is, um, how can we diversify, have more inclusivity, more diversity in our connections, in our network? Uh, can we join communities, masterminds? Should we start, host communities, masterminds? Um, where should we start? Um, so you, you're asking very valuable and very powerful questions, you know. Um, the, the answer is yes to all. Not at the same time and not all now. Prioritize everything in life. The reason I call it networking priorities in my life because I've learned that there's a couple of things that most people are bad at. Most. Most people in the world are bad at time management and most people in the world are pretty bad at networking. Most. I'm talking about like 90% are pretty bad. And I'm speaking from a position of someone who has been studying the arts and sciences of human networking for the last 10 years. I've spoken at over a thousand events for billionaires and, and government officials and students in schools and MBA graduates. And I've also understood that on my best day of networking, my best day, I would personally rank myself a six out of 10. And when what I are look the, at most what are the criteria? What's, what's a 10? It, 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 so 
you know, at, 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 I haven't met a 10. I haven't met a 9, but I have it written down. We're not there yet as human beings. We're not there because the, the level of understanding what human frequencies truly are and how we can adjust our frequencies, the level of understanding that we can completely change the vibrations that come out of our bodies when we are in connection with someone, when we think about someone, the fact that we can meditate in silence in dark and we can completely connect with another human being, something that I did just recently last month. I did a four-day dark retreat, and I went deep, deep into meditation, and I was able to network with a few different people in my life, and it was incredible because some of these people went back years that I haven't seen them, and a few of those people wrote me messages in my phone those few days while I was gone, and my phone was away from me. I didn't have my phone next to me for four days in complete pitch dark in a tiny little room where I lived on my own, and that ability to understand and not be able to stay there. I can't stay in that state all the time. It's not, it's inhuman right now for me just because most people are not there. And this is the same thing. You know, I've spent a lot of time with people like Tony Robbins and Eckhart Tolle. And when I spent deep, deep time with Eckhart Tolle, we ended up going on vacation together after an amazing event we did for him. And I saw that at one stage, Eckhart was sitting with us and he was actually someone being so spiritually enlightened and awakened person, he was eating meat and drinking alcohol. And I asked him at one point, why do you choose to do this? Where most spiritual gurus choose not to do that. And he said, well, it's pretty boring to be that enlightened. It's pretty boring to be that awakened. There is no one else to network with. He didn't use the word networking. But there's no one else to interact with. And he said, I do these things to just be a human to just be human and be able to connect with people. And I love that because it's, it's very, very clear that in life, it's great to put ourselves in positions where we can connect. And I'm constantly asking audiences around the world, you know, I've spoken about this so many times. I love asking audiences, how many of you think you're more than a five out of 10, seven out of 10, eight out of 10, nine out of 10. And there's always a few guys with some big ego, it's mostly men who would stand up and say, yeah, I'm a nine out of 10. And I'll bring them up on stage and I'll, I'll kind of ask them, why do you think you're a 9 out of 10? And within a couple of minutes after complimenting them, I'll also show them very, very simple, clear reasons why they are maybe a 3 out of 10. Maybe. And we're trying to keep them with respect to them. Like maybe you are a 3 out of 10. Majority of people that I know are a 3 out of 10. Majority. Some strive to be a 4 or 5, but they think they're an 8 or a 9. So there's no room for improvement. Why do I need to improve the way I brand myself? Why do I need to improve my profile on social media? Why do I need to improve the way I introduce myself at events? Why do I need, I need to introduce the way I'm constantly introducing others to others? Why do I need to improve showing up to events with other people, not showing up alone? Why do I need to improve the way I follow? up with human beings? Why do I need to improve the way I manage relationships or I disconnect from relationships? Which is completely connected to the question you asked me, should I join a mastermind or launch a mastermind? Seven years ago, I asked myself the exact same question. And because I was, I joined a small mastermind at the time, it wasn't that expensive. It was like $10,000 a year. It was a good investment because I would, at the time, I was already doing very well with the, the, the business that we had, you know, we're making millions of dollars a year. So I wanted to really invest and I highly recommend everyone to invest in the mastermind. And I asked myself, should I launch a mastermind? And my answer was very, very quickly, not yet, Gil. Not yet. You're not ready. Just because you joined the mastermind after three months, 
you think you could do it better doesn't mean, oh, I've learned everything. That's it. Let me launch my own mastermind. And I took six months and I started studying masterminds around the world. And what does it mean to study? I joined a few other masterminds. I, I, I called many masterminds to ask them questions about themselves. I did a full database of masterminds. We ended up identifying 6,000 different organizations that said they had a mastermind. Out of those 6,000, we believe maybe 200 were really masterminds where it wasn't about one person who thinks they're the, the guru on a stage talking at people. The, I, the focus and principles of a mastermind, something that Napoleon Hill, uh, who wrote the book Think and Grow Rich, spoke about, that when a group comes together, collectively they are, they are stronger. And he said it a different way, I'm just paraphrasing. But the point of a mastermind is that when we come together, one doesn't stand out. We are all equal. So masterminds, in my opinion, should have algorithms. They should have some sort of a use of time, so use timers, to allow everyone to be equal so that we can give back to each other. We can share experiences. We can allow to be vulnerable for each other. We can give to each other not just advice because we're not trying to be a coach to them, but we just share experience of what we went through that might be relevant to them. So I tell everyone, join a mastermind, um, be in it fully, see how you could be a leader in the mastermind, see how you can help the mastermind leaders themselves, see how you can add value, see how you can maybe learn more about mastermind before you join your own. But yes, there is a need for more masterminds. I highly recommend Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi, KBB, mastermind.com. Very powerful project and very easily teach you how to set up a low-level, simple mastermind. If you're out there and you want to set up super high-end masterminds, $30,000, dollars $100,000 a year sort of masterminds per person, of course, talk to me. This is the kind of masterminds I love being a part of. I love helping set up. I've helped set up over 100 masterminds around the world for others because I believe that setting them up for myself got boring at one point because I believe it's more about uniting communities, cross-pollinating between masterminds. So now, every time I show up at an event, for example, in Dubai, I, and they're like, hey, Gil, can you come and speak? I'm like, hey, do you want me to bring some more people? They're like, yeah, please. I'm like, what kind of people do you need? And they'll tell me, I'm not just going to invite people from one community. I'll end up inviting people from five or seven different communities that would never end up meeting each other. And boom, helping them to cross-pollinate together. If plants would set up a mastermind, how would they design it? Interesting question. So, you know, I, I haven't studied enough how plants would do it themselves. Um, but I could tell you that if, you know, I, I've been in enough jungles in my life, even here, one of the jungles here in Bali, that's about 700 plus years old. And you, you can go there and actually see a forest that, and if you look down like, you know, a few meters from you, that tree has been around for like 700 years. And there's experts and specialists that tell you why and how and how can you know that and it's a powerful position to be in to understand how they have grown, how they have survived next to each other. It's very impressive to understand the plants that are growing within the trees, uh, which is, you know, it, it, it is seen as uh, a, almost like a pesticide that's there. But it's not a pest. It's something that grew out of the plant. It's, it's, it almost looks like an Avatar movie. It, it's so wow. And I think plants do that in nature naturally. I don't know who planted forests. 
I can't tell you that anyone can really give me that answer, who planted these forests. But I could tell you that when I see, you know, who planted the, the garden I had here before I moved in, some people did it. And they had to study who, what to plant together for plants to be happy next to each other. And when I wanted an edible garden, I didn't just ask my gardener, my gardener to do it. I invited a permaculture expert who has been studying this stuff for 20 years. And I said, please talk to me about this. And please, can you teach my gardener why some of these things should not be next to each other? Because they'll cannibalize each other. They'll eat each other up. I think plants coming together these days, it's definitely going to be multi-species. It's definitely going to be some plants that will, you know, protect the other plants. So some of the grasshoppers or the pests or the snails would not want to come close to the other plants. They'll protect each other in very beautiful ways. I see plants that would be much higher than others. So the ones that would be much, much higher, taller than everyone else will grab the energy in the sun and feed it into the ground for everyone else to have, which means every community needs leaders. We need the leaders that will stand up for others. We need the leaders that will confront whether it's a government or a public official or whether it's, it's, it's you know, whatever it is, we need, to, we need those people that will shine because some of us, like myself, I'm an introvert. I've been an immigrant since the age of 10. I've managed to reprogram myself. I've managed to not stay in the, the, the immigrant mindset. I've managed to reprogram myself multiple times to not stay in the introvert stereotype that people have. I've, I've learned how to manage my energy levels. I've learned how to be in crowds and still be able to shine. I've learned how to get on stage and not be sick. It took me over a hundred speeches to learn how to not be sick before getting on stage. I literally used to be sick physically. I used to like sweat and like, oh my God, before getting on a stage. And you know, it took me a hundred speeches until I understood there's ways of hacking our mind and hacking our body to be able to, to be there and not allow what someone told me, introverts are shy and introverts are this and immigrants are like that, blah, blah, blah. Don't tell me how I should be. I should choose how I should be. And if I can constantly make small, powerful choices, I'll be able to constantly step up and see progress in everything that I do in my life. And that's what love, plants do. That's what I love nature it that, does. Nature I love is it constantly we, growing. I love it that we can explore uh, this topic from a plant perspective. That's, that's unique. And um, what's coming up for you? What is next in your journey? Um, so, you know, what's next? I tend to look at as short term. I, I don't, you know, I don't talk too much publicly about three years, five years. No one knows what the world's going to be. But what's coming up next is really what we're focused on right now. Because we're living in Bali, we like to do things here at the local community. I think proximity is power. Something that I've heard Tony Robbins say a thousand times through my long journey with him, 10 years I was working with him, more than 20 years I've been listening to him. Proximity is power. Being around the right people, serving the people who are near you is important. So we're doing quite a bit in Bali here to, to help the environment, to help the local communities. I'm working with a few local royal families and actual kings of Bali to support them to create projects that would bring more prosperity into the wellness industry of Bali. I'm a huge believer in wellness. I'm a huge believer in biohacking. So it's something that I'm constantly trying to get into and helping others. 
on a global level, um, outside of Bali, you know, Dubai has been a, a new business playground for me. I've been going there for the last two years. I went there first time during COVID and I, I fell in love with it very quickly. A place that I want to con constantly help to serve the right people there. The way they make dreams come true is beautiful. I have a lot of dreams. People in my community have dreams. My kids and my wife have dreams. So Dubai is a place where we can make bigger dreams come true. So we're regularly showing up in Dubai, organizing amazing events. We love organizing masterminds. All of our masterminds, whether it happens in a yacht or in a garden or in the desert, all of our masterminds are alcohol-free. They, they're all vegan. We, we want people to be clean as much as possible so they could serve each other. We help them a lot to build trust quickly. We help them a lot to step out of their comfort zone and be comfortable and confident within minutes of showing up. We have systems and methodologies to help people flourish and shine through these events. Right now, a big focus of mine is launching a new uh, program with a few other coaches and consultants in my life. We haven't named it yet, but it's almost like an advisory group because through COVID, I've unleashed the coach within me. I've gone through so many successful failures in business. I'm still an entrepreneur, but I'm constantly seeing amazing entrepreneurs doing great projects that I've learned that, hey, I don't need to set up new businesses myself right now. I could join some amazing businesses myself as a small shareholder and be more of a mentor and more of an advisor to this younger generation of people in their early 20s that want to go, 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 where I don't want to travel 50 times a year anymore. Maybe five, seven times a year is enough for me. Not that I'm old. Hey, I'm only 43 years old. I got tons of energy around me, but I find that the less I travel, the more grounded I am. So a big part of what's coming up for us is this consulting company, working with entrepreneurs who are tend to be a little bit more conscious about the business they're in. It tends to be more impactful businesses. And they're in that position right now where they want to scale, whether it's scale up to new countries, going global, or sometimes it's scaling down to give more focus, to be more lean, to clean up the team a little bit, which all gets connected to networking internal networking in a team is so much more powerful than looking at team building. The way a team networks is very beautiful. The external network, the way we, I, I love working with external networks of entrepreneurs, the way they attract investors. It's so easy to attract investors these days, but how are you networking with them? Where are you connecting with them? What sort of mentors are you bringing into your life? This has become so easy for me, but it's become easy for me because I've practiced it so many times I have failed at it so many times that now it became normal and it's the same thing like a chef learning how to make the perfect pasta he's done it so many times he knows what ingredients to put when when the pasta is ready how much water or salt or sauce or whatever it is needs to go in for it to be a Michelin star dish I see myself as a Michelin star networking teacher for many others because I'm not just a trainer I'm an entrepreneur who's been able to apply it on himself, learn from my own successful failures, achieved enough success, not just with myself, with many, many others around the world, to now know that if I can constantly find more interesting entrepreneurs who reach out to me asking for help on Instagram, on LinkedIn, best way to reach me, but I'm the only Gil Peter Sill on Google. So it's very easy to find me and I love it when people actually step out of their comfort zone and step out of their limiting beliefs 
and actually write me themselves. Because so many people think, oh, he's too busy, he's not gonna write me back. I love it when people write me and they tell me their story and they tell me where they need my help because sometimes something as simple as a one minute voice message from me can completely change someone's life. And that's a big part of what's coming up for me next. It's using these algorithms of networking, these methodologies of masterminds, and just giving it to more impactful entrepreneurs this year because it's going to be a challenging year for many people in the world and I want to help. Gil Petersil, everybody. And the easiest way to connect is that Instagram, is that LinkedIn? Easy way to connect with me. I think this, this is the Instagram profile we're talking about. I think that it should be. As long as it's Gil Petersil, it's me. It's Gil Petersil, everybody. Thank you so much, Gil. And um, who should contact you? And with, with which topics would you like to be contacted? Uh, you know, so when it comes to um, the, the, the arts and sciences of human networking, uh, I've really applied it mostly to business strategy. So in most of the companies that I've led and run, I've been the strategist, whether it comes to how do we strategically quickly scale the company without um, you know, investing useless amounts of monies, or how do we get into the right networks? How do we get to the right people? Um, these are all strategies where my networking expertise really helps. Um, when it comes to bringing more harmony into a team, because, hey, we've just raised some money, we got to look good, we got to be solid as a team. Whether it's something as simple as, hey, I'm a CEO of a company, or I'm an entrepreneur that needs to get more out there. I need to get more speeches out there. I need to get my brand out there. I want to go to more networking events. Hey, Gil, can I be in your entourage experience? You know, some people just want to join me. When I go to a Tony Robbins event, if I go to Davos, if I'm going to the, you know, any of these events around the world, people just want to join me in our community and just basically be able to model us and see how are we networking differently and why do we have that prince and that billionaire and that philanthropist walking up to us and to our community wanting to connect with us. People just want to shine a lot more. People want to get their message out there. People want to be able to raise the right amount of money and get into the right relationships. That's exactly what I love doing with people. That sounds amazing. And thank you for being here with us, sharing your journey, your wisdom with us. Gil, thank you. See you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days. What if your business would run well even when you are on vacation? Discover how 1,600 business owners have regained their freedom using the Strategy Sprint's blueprints. How they enjoy living their dream and watching their business scale. Get the exact checklists they use to go from stressed to fulfilled using the Strategy Sprint's method. Order your copy of Strategy Sprint's 12 Ways to Accelerate Growth for an Agile Business on Amazon today. And if you love it, leave us a review. For more information, head over to...